Welcome to Progression. I'm Jane Shin. This is a show about mental health, personal development, and spirituality through conversations I'll have with artists about their journeys and through my own reflections as a woman working in the music industry. On today's episode, I have the honor of speaking with Imani Cohen, also known as the Hood Healer. She's a psychic clairvoyant who has built community both offline and online around healing and helping people actualize their divine purpose through intuition, stepping into one's power, and more. She also shares insights into what 2019 represents and how we individually and collectively can move closer to the light and truth. I just want to start off and say you're definitely one of the best people I've met in my life. Oh, Jane. You really are. You Love you so much. Love you too. And you've been such a blessing in so many people's lives, inspiring and helping them be their best selves. So I just want to say thank you because I'm humbled, so honored. Humbled, humbled, humbled. Appreciate you. And shout out to Lake and Starling too for putting me on to you. Lincoln's my girl. Can you introduce yourself in your own words for those who may not be familiar with you? So my name is Imani. I am known as the Hood Healer. I am psychic clairvoyant and I use my gifts to raise the vibratory frequency everywhere I am. Started in Los Angeles and now I'm working nationally on my way to Atlanta actually for a month. And things have just been growing and growing, and here I am. Here you are. Yes. <laughs> as far as you being a psychic clairvoyant, what of does course. energies mean and in tapping into that? So the spirit realm is really complex. It's a lot to grasp and understand, but in short, I project into the future so I can see visual I guess, photography and sometimes motions or, or like scenes in the future. And I can see and hear the dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first realize you had these gifts? I think I first was really aware of it when I was about maybe five or six. I would see like a lot of flashes and then flashes became like figures and then figures became images. And I think I scared myself out of it and it wasn't really accepted in my family or accepted by really anyone around me. So I think I just like repressed the gift until I couldn't repress it anymore. You said your family wasn't a fan of it or rejected it? Initially, no. Mm. They were not a fan of it because it was just so out of control. It was like more so looked at as a mental illness than... A gift per se. So they weren't embracing it in the way that I needed to be embraced to effectively use it and manage it. So then at that point, what did your spiritual life look like as a child and in your youth? It was kind of sad. My my spiritual life as a youth was really repressed. I just feel like I was having these insights and feelings and I really didn't have anyone to explain them to. And I realized that it was frowned upon. So I don't feel like I was really myself. But at the same time, it's interesting because I still grew up in a pretty progressive household in the sense that like my parents exposed me to different religions and cultures and spirituality. And it was just it was kind of weird in that way. Who was the first person that really embraced your gifts or you felt comfortable to be vulnerable about? 
I have an aunt, Naiwili, and my auntie, April, who is a proprietor at Simply Wholesome. Both of them are pretty next level and just amazing women and amazing healers in their own right. And they just recognized the gift and embraced me and recognized that it was something that needed to be embraced. That's awesome. And that's where you started your practice. That is where I started. So tell me about that. Uh, I was working corporate, hated it, just continuous horrible experiences. And I just knew that I was denying myself and denying my gifts. So I had a really uh, vulnerable conversation with my aunt and I told her that I just could not function anymore in the matrix and I needed help and I needed place where I could just be myself and she offered Simply Wholesome to me initially as just a somewhere I could come and like study. I did that and that progressed and I started doing the readings and it just kind of like blew up. For you to own your story and you put the message out there that you're healing the hood. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in context of building community? For me it was just really important to work in the environment that I'm from. You know, that's what I'm most familiar with. That's what I've had the experience with. And I heal from a space of experience. I don't project onto people anything that I haven't personally been through or, you know, experienced. So I initially started at Simply Wholesome with just the hope of raising the vibratory frequency in my head, you know, Slauson and Crenshaw, South Central community. And it just grew. Next thing you know, I was in Atlanta and New York and Philly and Chicago just being embraced by all these different communities. And I recognized that there was really a need for healing and that there was a need and community for the kind of healing that I do. And then as far as building those communities, you call them soul family. Soul family, yes. So soul family is what I use to describe my clients because after we have the exchange, we really do become family. It's a really pure exchange. And I'm really humbled and thankful to have connected with so many beautiful people. I get to call family. Something that I gravitate towards about your practice and other people too is that you have that focus on being a woman of color, a black woman in this space where, you know, there tends to be people who either appropriate mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. try to use it in, for different purposes. But mm-hmm. I love that you've always been true to your message. Authenticity is really important as far as my brand and um, as African-American woman and a healer. I just want to reflect the truth in all ways and provide a space where the truth can be told. Mm-hmm. Which I feel is rare sometimes, especially in the Internet. It's really rare. It's really hard. And it's hard to filter through the bullshit on the internet and especially on Instagram. But I think I do a pretty good job keeping it positive. You have so many resources on your page. Like, Mm. did you always go into it thinking like, I have a strategy or was it like just fully organic? It really initially became super organic and just for the love. And then as it grew, it became a little more strategic because I realized that Instagram was a tool to get messages across. So I have been kind of moving a little bit more strategic now, but still organic in that I post everything. I word it, gin verbiage and all of the things. So it becomes like your language. It really, yes. Mm -hmm. 
you've grown such a big community. When you think of progression of the hood healer and who you are, are there defining moments where you're like, I'm on the right track? You know, honestly, Spotify was kind of a defining moment in a lot of ways because it was just so fast. And for it to be such a major platform, I realized, okay, maybe this can go to a new space. That experience really showed me my depth and abilities overall, like confidence boosting and just allowing me to see myself and I guess the way that other people see me. And then um, most recently to be embraced by BET, which, you know, in the African-American culture, this is really taboo and definitely something that's not really embraced or discussed or in the media, in black media. So that was really like, okay. What challenges did you grow from the most? I feel like I'm still growing from the challenges. Um, I'm only really like one year in, three months strong right now. So I'm navigating some pretty new waters and every day is a new day. Business is a whole nother beast. So managing my spiritual life and my work life and, you know, my business obligations and being organized is really a challenge that I'm still still overcoming, Jane. Yeah. I'm just impressed that it's only been a year and like... Isn't it crazy? Right? It's so crazy. Did you anticipate that or... I really oh. had no idea that I was going to grow so fast. That's been the biggest blessing and the biggest challenge is that the attention and the clientele and everything happened so fast. Mm-hmm. So just managing that speed has been kind of difficult, but... We're rolling. You've met so many clients, right? Ooh, so many faces, so many places. How do you decompress and take care of yourself? So that's a good question, Jane. You know, I'm still managing that. Self-care is really important for me. And I do try to self-care at least once a week. It's not as frequent as I would like it to be. I do meditate every day before I wake up. I just like wherever I'm laying, I just spend about 10 minutes just being mindful. But when I say God chose me, I really mean God chose me because I don't even know how I do it. I just do it. And I'm working on better ways to do it. But I really feel like I'm fueled by a higher energy because sometimes I'm just like here, but not even here and um, by the, it, I'm like made it to the end of the day. I don't mm-hmm. even know how. I love that God shows me. It puts like less pressure on yourself to try to control everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and explain things. It's just like, you know, it is what it is. I am who I am. And I am a lot of things. And I'm a lot of things, a lot of new things and taboo things. Mm-hmm. And you're also a classically trained chef. I am. Is that part of, is cooking part of your practice of self-care? You know, cooking is definitely part of my practice of self-care. I don't cook like I want to, but cooking is really my meditation and my therapy. And I really want to marry the two mm-hmm. at some point. That is my long-term goal. I've seen you do some lives in the kitchen. Yes. I feel most home in the kitchen. That's really my space. Maybe you could like teach you know people who tune in and... You're like simultaneous action. Yeah. Speaking of IG, you recently shared a post that resonated with me about how we shouldn't diminish ourselves and our Mm. accomplishments Mm -hmm. for other people's like comfort. And the fact that it's so easy sometimes to internalize other people's opinions of Mm -hmm. us 
Can you talk about this further from the perspective of a woman and being a boss and owning her own business? Yeah. You know, it's difficult because I feel like women are constantly pressured to choose, you know, choose a romantic life, choose a family life, choose a career. And there's a false perception that we can't have it all and that we can't balance it all. And I'm learning as my responsibilities are increasing and my business is growing that I can and I really can make time for the things that I want. And I personally had to stop rehearsing the rhetoric of society that I'm difficult or I'm a bitch or I'm a challenge to date, et cetera, because I'm not those things. You know, I'm focused. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm entrepreneurial. You know, that takes a different kind of energy. And it's just important to distinguish that it's a different kind of energy. It's not a negative energy, because especially as as a healer, I feel guilty sometimes that I'm not able to be in a Virgo. I'm not able to be nurturing in the ways that I want to be and romantic in the ways that I necessarily want to be. You know, that is difficult being a woman. You know, you definitely want to have those things, but you can balance and you can have them. And navigating that isn't as hard and it's not negative. Mm-hmm. And that we don't need to be putting ourselves in boxes. Yeah, like there's no ceiling, you know, and we can be all things. And as a woman, I'm really embracing that I am a whole lot of shit, you know, a whole lot of dope shit. Something I love you always say is you're in your own lane and there's no traffic. There's no traffic in your lane, you know, there is no traffic in your lane. Only you can do what you do. I struggle with that sometimes is like the scarcity model, which is part of my shadow. We often react to things based on fear. I'd like to think of it as the defense. When we're in the defense energy, it's almost like the lights are out, you know? And I use this metaphor a lot when I do readings. It's like, you know, when when you're going trick-or-treating, do you go to a house with no lights? No. You know, and that's kind of how the abundance works and opportunity works and gratitude works is it's attracted to the light. It's attracted to the light space. And what comes to the house that is dark? Nothing. Intruders. Intruders. Yes. Thieves. (laughs) Nothing. Right. right. No progress. Yes. Mm. So I think it's just important to... Stay in tune with how your energy is projecting. What is the light or what is not? Is it an intuition thing? It is the intuition. You can feel the light. You can feel when someone is just a house with no light, you know, just lost, no direction, anxiety ridden, you know, stagnant. The house with light is progressive. It's moving. It's flowing. There's air coming in and out. There's company coming in and out, you know? Mm -hmm. I like what you said. I think it was in the Flaunt Magazine article. You said that when you feel it in your gut, it's intuition. When you feel it in your chest, it's anxiety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish the feeling tone, especially when we're overwhelmed and we're considering so many different opinions. It's just important to just check in to where you're actually feeling the energy. And when you feel it in your gut, That's your instinct. That's your intuition. When you feel it in your chest, that's your anxiety. That's your insecurity. To be personal, is there anything for you that 
you're working through as far as your shadows go? Yes. I'm always and constantly working through my abandonment issues. Um, You know, my dad passed away when I was pretty young, I would say, my early 20s. I feel like when I needed him the most. And I have a really strange relationship with my mom and the woman that raised me, which is El Salvadorian. She had to go back to El Salvador. And it was just like a lot of loss early from significant energies in my life. And I still struggle with connecting fully in fear of like losing people. So that's something that I'm kind of uh, still working through. And, you know, my shadow, I feel like my inner me is still petty. (laughs) (laughs) Explain more. Still petty, you know, sometimes it's just hard to take the high road, you know? It's like, damn, I always got to take the high road. I always got to do the right thing. And then people expect you, you know, to always You know, people expect that and, like, you know, hold my tongue sometimes. And now, you know, my platform is growing, so I can't just, like, wild out on the internet how I want to sometimes. So I'm just really working on holding and breathing through. Mm-hmm. The practicing the pause. Practicing the pause. And pacifying the petty. (laughs) That's a good slogan. (laughs) Transmuting the petty. Yes. (laughs) To peace, you know? Right. It's a challenge every day. And we have to realize we don't have to live through these child narratives. Yes, yes. And we can transmute their old narratives and we're constantly changing, you know? It's like... There's really no end destination. We're always becoming and unbecoming in a way. It's important to hold on to yesterday, but really still focus on tomorrow, you know? Boundaries. Boundaries. Your presence is massive on the internet. Mm -hmm. People hit you up all the time. All day long, every day, all day. How do you create space for yourself? Creating boundaries. The memoir. You know, it's a challenge, Jane. It's a challenge every day creating and maintaining the boundary, especially as an empath. I constantly struggle with keeping the boundary, not overexerting my energy. It's really hard. And honestly, I'm I'm struggling with that. Yeah, it's hard to say no. But that's something that I really have to work on as part of my self-care. I need to be high energy for the work that I do. So saying no is something that I'm really working on in 2019. I'm good at implementing boundaries, but maintaining them is a whole different thing. In certain areas, though, relationships, I'm very good at at maintaining the boundary. Mm -hmm. But I think in my work... Mm I'm just like, oh, I'll take one more reading or right. let me do one more email or right. we just stay up a little bit longer and do a little more research. I would recommend a book called Essentialism. Have you heard Essentialism, about that? Essentialism, no. Essentialism. It's basically like doing action so to make sure you're giving the highest value to whatever mm. you care most about. So one of the things is like, if it's not 100% yes, it's a no. I love that. Yeah, just being clear and direct. Clarity. Clarity is key. <sighs> right. <Whew>. That's real. <laughs> I needed that deep yes. breath. 
So I work with a lot of artists. You work with a lot of artists mm-hmm. and different creatives. For anyone who feels lost and unsure, how does one find their divine purpose? How do they connect with spirit to find their divine purpose? Mm. You know, in this society, unfortunately, we deny a lot of our divine purposes and our divine gifts. I think that um, whatever comes to you naturally and innate is a divine gift. You know, some people are just like naturally great artists or naturally amazing cooks or naturally great at doing hair, naturally great at doing music. And those are the things that are your natural gifts and generally your natural gifts align with your purpose and so for people I always encourage people that are on quest to identify their purpose identify your interest identify your passions what is it that you're excited to do every day what is it that you can do for hours because you love it you know and then when you can identify that you can create spaces so that your passion can pay you that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate goal. Right. Getting paid to be you, which you can do. But you got to identify those passions, cultivate those passions, nurture those passions, get amazing at it, you mm-hmm. know? And that should be something that you're excited to do and motivated to do because you love it. And then from there, you know, spirit takes action and boom. Next thing you know, you're just... Next thing you know... You're in flow. You're here with Jane. <laughs> Having an interview. If you're looking at the music landscape today, what what do you feel like from your point of view is missing or what needs to be removed? I was hoping you were going to ask me something about this. You know, what I think is missing is authenticity and the truth. I feel like everyone is, is holding on to a false projection and image of what they think is success or what they think is cool. And I feel like it's really detrimental to the society and detrimental to the listeners, especially the young listeners. I feel like a lot of these artists are misguided and you know by the time they get to mainstream they've lost sight of what it is that they're even really there to do and the creativity gets extracted and it's just like this propaganda I feel like I'm hearing and these mantras of negativity and it's I'm saddened by it but also inspired because I know that there's a space and there's a need for a more diverse authentic messaging that's what I really try to convey to a lot of the artists that I work with align with the truth in yourself so that can be projected clear in your music Mm. you know there's like this false idea of success and unfortunately that idea of success doesn't necessarily align with authenticity However, we are starting to see more people fight against that and really create spaces of true authentic expression. And I 100% celebrate and support that. You know, we just started 2019, but are there themes then you think that people can practice or look out for? 2019 is a year of exposure and truth. Hmm. Yes. Exposure and truth. Exposure. A lot of things are just coming to the awareness in the collective. We're coming into the age of Aquarius. So this is the information age. And 
in the age of Aquarius, people are researching, you know, people are investigating, people are challenging. So uh, there's going to be a lot of challenge to the structures that were developed in the age of Pisces, which we're just leaving. So that's pretty much like everything in the 90s and 2000s that we've known to be structurally sound is up for review. And not a lot of people are going to make it out. Or embrace that change. And yeah. It's a time of awakening. You know, as we gather and cultivate more information, the more that we learn, the more that we expand, the more that we enlarge, you know. I definitely feel that, especially spiritually. Yeah, you, I can feel the shift. Just people wanting to know, which is really good. And that, again, I feel like should be encouraging to artists. I'm sure they feel the shift. Right. And as shapeshifters of society, I think it's important to record and illustrate and extract the energy from the shift you know and then ultimately step into one's power right yes that's like one of the biggest lessons i've gotten from you stepping into that power it's hard because you have to know it you have to feel the power to step into it you know right and not question yourself and not question it and it's difficult because everything around us tells us to question other people's expectations, other yes. people's projections. Yes. Like, Am yes. I good enough for Rules this? And, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of limitation. Then for you, what are you trying to usher in and create in 2019? So many things, Jane. I'm trying to travel more, meet more people. I just want to create more spaces to share my messages. I'm working on a deck. Nice. Yeah, working on more tangible things for people to have in their spiritual journey. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I'm trying to do and incorporate the cooking in uh, my healing work. So it's a lot. You know, I plan, but I don't plan. I have ideas of what it is that I want to do, but I make room for change because life is ever changing. I don't like stick to and make super concrete step-by-step-by-step-by-step plans and for me that's been really working so it's a energy that I embrace because you know life is just forever changing and I think that's what trips people up is when shit doesn't go according to plan I always try to make room for miracles and make room for unexpected energy or twists and turns because that's the shit that puts you on path Sometimes we try to control our blessings and control the flow. It's like, you know, I'm just actively doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And I have ideas of where I want to do it and how I want to grow it. But I'm open to all of the possibilities because there's new possibilities every fucking day. And every day is a new day. So So I conclude each episode with gratitude. I love that. I'm so grateful to be able to have my own schedule to be here with you, Jane, and not clocked in somewhere working for someone else's vision. I'm so thankful to have an opportunity to connect with people every day and genuine connections, authentic connections. I'm grateful for my gift that provides space for me to live authentically and fluidly i'm thankful for breath i'm just so thankful just to be here 
God is so good. It's so crazy what can happen in a year. It's so crazy what can happen when you believe in yourself and when other people believe in you. So I'm, just, I'm thankful for the believers and for the community, really, you know? I really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people. So I can't not acknowledge the collective because that is what motivates me and that's what makes this work purposeful for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm extremely grateful. Aww. Yeah. Grateful You're, for you, Jane. I'm so grateful for you. Yes. It's such a trip. You like, I've met you at the right time that I needed to. I've been in the music industry for like 10 years now. I've worked at all these major companies. OG in the game. And it's time to step it up. And you yes. always have reminded me, I know what I'm doing. Just yes. keep pushing forward and, yes. be, and step into my power. That's always something. I'm someone who's always hidden and been like, I'm behind the scenes, but my voice deserves to be heard. And you've helped me unlock that. Well, Jane, I'm so happy to be here. You've been such a support to me in my career. So it's so awesome to be able to reciprocate that energy for you and to support your passion and your progress. Yes. So how can people stay in touch with you? You can connect with me on Instagram. The Hood Healer is my name. Holla at me. Get to know me. <laughs> don't spam the DMs. Don't, yeah. Don't please don't spam the DMs. I do live readings whenever I can, but I do post readings once a month. A lot of cool information. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming through. Thank you, Jane. This is so cool. Yes. This is my first podcast. Really? Yes. Oh okay, I'm excited. And we're about to do big things. Yeah, we are doing big things. We are doing big things yes. together. Yes, we are. Head to progression.fm for more information and to hear all episodes. You can also find me at progression.fm on Instagram and at progression.fm on Twitter. Stay in touch and take care. Intro music is by Matt Vista of the lovely duo April and Vista.